we want to paint a picture for the church that it can look more like Airbnb, such that we can take these godly, faithful, humble, Christ-exalting people, and they can lead in the church. It's really more about the body. It's really about Christ working through each member. Welcome to the Transforming Discipleship Podcast brought to you by smallgroups.com. This podcast is designed for you, church leaders, desiring to make disciples for Jesus Christ in the world. I'm your host, Oliver Hersey, and today we're again joined with John Brakey. He's a pastor and elder at We Are Church, located in San Francisco, California. He serves as a director as well for Crazy Love Ministries, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. In part two of this conversation that we have with Sean, we're going to discuss the sixth core value in simple church gatherings, really focusing on how those gatherings can glorify God. I've loved my conversations with Sean. I hope that you will find value and meaning in this conversation as you listen in. I was going to title this episode Rethinking Church, but as I've been listening to you and this conversation has been going, it feels like we need to title it more like Reclaiming Church. And I think what you're inviting us to do is to get into the scriptures and take a look for ourselves at what scripture invites us to imagine church to be and to reclaim that. And I think we've deviated over the centuries. We've deviated slowly from perhaps some of the things in scripture that are important. That's not to say we're off base, but we've just we've, we've moved a couple degrees away. And it would be helpful perhaps to reclaim some of um, – and I know big churches that are trying to do that, and it's mm-hmm. exciting. I feel like there's a wave of people pushed towards, I want discipleship in our churches again. I want to find it. I want to reclaim it. So what's number six, last one? Yeah, number six is uh, simple gatherings. And okay. so kind of getting to a little bit of what we had talked about before, but that there's a simplicity. So biblically, you see the qualifications for an elder are almost purely character right? It's not in there is like, hey, level of experience or ability to communicate or, you know, leadership gift, you know, like those, those things weren't in those lists. It's, it's, you know, above reproach, it's husband of one wife, it's manages his household well, it's those sort of things. And so we want the church to be structured in a way that where we make those decisions. We want to be careful that we aren't creating structures in the church that kind of push us towards making decisions that aren't purely based on character. And the more complicated things get in the church, the more you need people who have a lot of education, the more you need people with a lot of training, the more you need people like the godly, faithful, poor, uneducated believer can't lead in much of the church today because it's just, it requires a certain level of training and expertise and knowledge. Again, there's, there's a intentional simplicity. You know, one of the analogies we've used is like, how many people do you know who could start a hotel, right? It's such a small subset of the population who would have the know-how and the capital and all all this to be able to front and, and build a hotel and run a hotel. Just such a small percentage. But how many people do you know who can run an Airbnb? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. I have I do Airbnb out of my house. You just need a smartphone in an empty room. It, it's not too complicated. And so we want church, we, we want to paint a picture for the church that it can look more like Airbnb, such that we can take these godly, faithful, humble, Christ-exalting people, and they can lead in the church. And so there's an intentional good. simplicity. And also, we just see the challenge with 
leader exaltation in the church today, where people are picking and choosing churches based on the pastor, based on the worship leader. And it's so clear biblically that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Um, right. And so, but the more, the more stage oriented, the more expert oriented, the more, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of feeds into that. And so, but when we keep it simple, when we keep it smaller, it, it's really more about the body. It's really about Christ working through each member. So that's the goal. And so you guys are doing things like communion. You're doing things like baptisms together. And you guys are, you know, have, you're sharing the load. I love that you have different people reading scripture. That's so Jewish in the sense of uh, it's how the synagogue worship was done. I don't know if you're familiar with the way ancient and during Jesus's time, the way the synagogue operated was anybody could read scripture, mm. um, you know, young and old men and women. And it was a beautiful thing. And Jesus would be there with his disciples and there would be different people that would just be invited to come up and read. And it could be a teenager. So it's just, I love that. That's so great. I think that's something lost. As you said, we start to have the experts only reading and teaching. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the goal I would say is pretty similar, but how the church looks can vary. That's one of the beauties in, I was talking with the guys in my church last night, we were talking about this very thing that um, the, one of the beauties of the church is that it can really function and thrive in any context, any culture, right? Where you see a lot of other religions and it's very dependent on the government being a certain way or, you know, the whole culture being a certain way. But Christianity, it, it, it can thrive and fit in any context. And so the church can look different. But really what cannot look different is our obedience to the commands of God and yeah. to looking at scripture. And so I would say the mission is very similar. Like, And one of the things that I become convinced of is that the church is mission and the mission is church. Like these are not two separate things. And and that's kind of what I was sharing about at the beginning where I realized I had thought of the mission as being something you do out there. And then church is kind of something separate that you do on Sunday as opposed to, no, no, no. We are his church and we exist for the mission and to glorify him. That's good. And we exist for the mission. I don't want that sentence to get lost. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And, and I think part of what we want to see is every single believer feel the weight of responsibility on themselves to go make disciples, to be engaged in the mission. Yeah. That it's not like, hey, we're going to hire a missions pastor and he's going to like pursue that. And, you know, maybe you could show up at an event that gets put on by the church and kind of contribute in some sort of way. And that's kind of like your contribution towards the mission. It's like, no, no, no. We are all called to make disciples. The weight of responsibility is on each of us. And so I remember you know, a, a woman coming into our church a few years ago and she had been with us for like a month. And she just asked like very, very like uh, genuinely, um, Sean, what do I do here? <laughs> you know, because in a previous church context, it's like, well, I plug into this, I plug into this, I'm serving in this program and all these different things. What do I do here? And so my answer was essentially like, well, you see these people that were, are in this church, love them deeply. Uh, you think about your coworkers and your neighbors, be intentional in sharing the gospel with them and trying to study the word with them, be meeting with the Lord every single day, you know, and just kind of going through, here's what God has called us to biblically. I don't want to get you so busy with other stuff that you forget to actually obey him or feel like you're obeying him by just kind of plugging in on, on something like an hour a week, not to dismiss programs. I mean, pr programs can be helpful in in leading towards obedience but they can also be a distraction and absolutely right yeah 
Yeah. We got to keep in front of us the calling and the commission of go out and make more disciples. And that involves sharing God's love and compassion and grace and forgiveness with those who are around us, our, our neighbors, those who are far from it. You have experienced church planting in a big way. I mean, this is what you're doing. Uh, you know, and I know some of our listeners, I've good friends who are church planters, you know, if you were to encourage them, if you got a chance to just say something that would, you know, you know their spirit, you know how hard it can be sometimes to rally troops to get people into new culture and and, and get them a part of a culture, you know, what would you say to encourage them? What are some of the non-negotiables, perhaps, that you'd want them to remember as they are planting a church? Yeah, I guess as far as encouragement, I, I guess, Fran- so Francis started We Are Church in San Francisco eight years ago or so. Um, and it is about 200 something people now. Right. And so part of my encouragement is like, as you're pursuing like biblical Christianity and biblical church to like, recognize that it is, it is, you know, when I think about first Corinthians one, two, and three, Paul is pointing out, look, like this is going to, that's got to be about the spirit. Like the spirit's got to do this work in people's lives. Like this is not on your shoulders to build the church. Like obviously there's things that we're responsible towards and we want to be faithful. But, you know, one of our elders says, look, we are, we are not results oriented. We have to be obedience oriented. We have to be about faithfulness. And so sometimes that might look like you got two families in your home that you're faithfully loving and you're sharing the gospel with people and people don't respond. And there can be this like condemnation and then guilt and like, man, I'm a failure. But I just don't see that biblically that I think that's more of like an American idea of what church, like, it's like, Hey, you got to get to 200 by, you know, this point. And then if you don't get to 200, then you, you know, you're, you're going to be a declining church and you don't want to be that. You don't want to be a loser pastor. You know, you want to be a successful pastor and all that is just like garbage, uh, or at least a lot of it. We have to think Jesus, through, Jesus wasn't doing that. Was he? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't have like, you know, if anything, you know, you just consistently, if, if that sort of mentality was in the disciples, you consistently frustrated it. Yeah. Um, and so like be encouraged, like to pursue faithfulness to Jesus and, you know, the results are going to be up to him. And, you know, it's been very regular that some of us, we are church, you know, we'll start with a church of 15 and then a year later we're, you know, we're trying to multiply, but now we're at eight. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. well, dang, I'm a failure, huh? And I remember one of our elders talking about how he was wrestling through that. And he, he was talking with Francis and, and, and Francis said to him, Hey, if your church were to have doubled, would you have taken the credit for that? Like, do you think that would be because of you? And he's like, no, no way. It's like, well, why are you taking the credit for when people walk away? Like, why are you putting that on yourself? Like as best you can discern before the Lord, have you been faithful? Like, have you been faithful to love them and pray for them and, and intentionally share the gospel? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, of course I'm not perfect, but like, I feel like I've been, you know, as faithful as I can. I mean, pursuing that. So, well, like, don't like, that's actually pride for you to like, put that on yourself. Um, mm, and so, wow. you know, just, I guess a, a rethinking of what success is and, and freeing. I, I just want to see people freed up to like, you know what, I'm going to pursue what Jesus wants of us. And I'm not going to compromise to get numbers. I'm not going to lower the bar of what it means to be a Christian in order to feel successful. Like I want to pursue faithfulness, even if that's just me and my wife and my kids. And so I I guess that would be my main encouragement. Yeah. And these six cores that you just walked us through earlier, 
are indeed from Scripture. And so they uh, they can't be lost on us. And maybe you said it and I missed it, but we have to also remember, I mean, at the end of the day, this is God that is doing it. And we need to be asking God for his will to be done here on earth for his his bride to be prepared the way he wants it. We seek to be as faithful as we can as pastors and shepherds. But at the end of the day, we are fasting and, and praying for, for these these lives and these people and these communities. And we're asking God to do a miracle. I mean, an amazing yeah. miracle in their life. And we will do our best to be as relationally engaged as possible. Sean, I don't know if you would want to say anything else. I know you have a lot of work you do with Francis Chan at Crazy Love Ministries, which is a separate thing, right? A whole separate thing. Or is that connected to We uh, Are Church? From We Are Church, yeah. Yes, yeah, separate entity. And you're a director there? I lead the church intensive with another one of our elders. And so we're really like function as co-directors. He's an amazing guy, Rob Zabala. And so we, we've been leading that for a little over four years or, or a little under four years. And so, yeah, I guess my last thought would be, you know, so our values are devoted worshipers, loving families, equipped disciple makers, suffering sojourners and spirit-filled missionaries. Like those, those in our mind are the non-negotiables. Those are the things we have to be pursuing. That we, Like God wants devoted worshipers, loving families, equipped disciple makers, spirit-filled missionaries, and suffering sojourners. And, you know, how, how the church is structured, like, I mean, there's, there's freedom biblically. Um, but those are the things that we want to pursue and that we would encourage is like think through biblically what are the non-negotiables and let's make sure that we're not backing off of those. I think that's a powerful thing for us to merit in. And, and as you said it, as, you know, we're thinking about COVID, the pandemic, and, and we're in a critical place in our, in our country, I think, in the world. We've had lots of tension, racial tension that has been erupting, and, uh, and it's devastating, I think, for the followers of Jesus to see this and to, to feel it. What are you doing right now with all that? How do you navigate that? What can I do? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, you know, as I was meeting with my guys last night, we we're just talking about how we really feel like the Lord's been presenting challenges in each of our lives and strengthening us. And, you know, there have been moments of, you know, where like, you know, my my church is very, very diverse, even within, you know, just like 14 people. It's a very diverse group there. I live in a very diverse community. And, and so like at, in navigating all the like racial issues and there, there have been points where it's like, Hey, like, you know, tension and like, Hey, we need to like recommit to like loving each other. Let's walk through this. And we have, and it's been beautiful. I, I think in the church, sometimes we avoid, we avoid those sort of situations. Let's not talk about race. Like, let's not talk, like, let's not, you know, it's kind of just easier to stick with my own, like my own group, my own tribe. Like, and so we remain divided in a fear of conflict. So I, I guess, you know, pursuing love with people that are not like us in the church is huge. And and then in regard to COVID, I, you know, I don't know. It seems like the Lord's up to a lot in this mm. uh, season of, of COVID. I mean, we've, we've faced challenges. Like I think every church uh, we've been on zoom for most of our gatherings. And, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges that we haven't quite figured out is we value so deeply, like the life on life, like the come over for dinner, the let's go to the movies, the let's go play basketball, like those sort of things that COVID has really like made difficult. And yeah. so I think those are the things that we're still wrestling through and the mission, um, like intentional 
you know, we, we have been like playing basketball in our community to try to meet guys and share Jesus. And then, you know, COVID threw that off. So it's a lot of recalibrating, but we don't want to retreat though. I think that's the thing I guess I would encourage, like, let's not just sit on the sidelines. So let's pray about, you know, we, we need to recalibrate, but like the, the Lord will give us wisdom on how we are to engage the lost and how we are to love each other. Because, I mean, his commands, it, it's not like, hey, you know, I'm going to command you over 50 times to love one another. But if there's a pandemic. Good luck. Yeah, I yeah. guess not. Right. It's like, no, no, no. He, he'll give us the ability to obey him. Yeah, yeah. He'll give us the ideas of how to be creative, how to move forward. He's way bigger than this pandemic. And while this is happening and he's allowed it to happen, obviously, we, we are able to have our attentions perhaps recalibrated and, and get into a, a space where we understand the value of love even differently. Mm-hmm. I do hope that that's, that's true. I've really appreciated you, Sean. I want to thank you for your time uh, and talking with us today. I've taken some mental notes here of what I want to do as a leader and a pastor in the days ahead. And uh, we are a church, your organization that you're a part of. It sounds like a very powerful movement right now that is being fueled by the Holy Spirit. And uh, and in many ways, I think you've challenged us listening today to reclaim and also rethink some of the things we're doing in our church settings. And so I'm thankful for that. I appreciate you and I appreciate your candor and just your honesty. Uh, as, you've, as you've shared with us, it's clear that you love Jesus and that you have a spirit to see people's lives transformed and impacted. And I continue to pray that ministry for you is going to uh, be making a huge impact for those in San Francisco who are lost and who don't know Jesus yet. And that you will be able and your your disciples and your communities will be able to continue to have a fresh impact. So thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This episode of the Transforming Discipleship Podcast has been brought to you by smallgroups.com. It's a ministry of Christianity Today. And again, I'm your host, Oliver Hersey. I pastor in the Chicago area currently, and we just want to thank all the ministry leaders who have tuned in to this episode. If you are finding this podcast helpful for your ministry, we ask if you do three things for us. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can see nice video content of Sean and I. Uh, Give us a five-star rating on iTunes, but only if you really mean it. And then also subscribe to smallgroups.com today to find plenty of resources. The podcast is available on Amazon Podcasts and on your uh, Amazon Alexa device and on other podcast platforms as well. If you want full access to smallgroups.com, you can subscribe today. There are various plans that can meet your budget, and we are going to give you access to hundreds of Bible studies, all kinds of tools to train and equip your small group leaders, and much more. Also, for those of you who would like to get in touch with us, we now have an email address, discipleship at smallgroups.com. Until next time, friends, God bless. This episode was brought to you in part by the Lord of Spirits podcast. Many Christians yearn to break free of the influence of secular materialism and to understand the union of the seen and unseen worlds as made by God. What is the spiritual world like? Tune in wherever you get your podcasts.